single and loving it with your host, Grace Houghton. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Um, it means that apparently you're getting something out of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm, if I'm going to be truly honest with everyone, um, I, I'm continuing to do this because I feel like the Lord wants me to do it. Honestly, I don't feel like I'm an expert at being single. I'm not an expert at... I don't know, relationships or how to get anyone ready for relationships. But you know what? I really feel like God has such a great love and such a heart for us in our singlehood season. And you know what? I believe it's because our singlehood season is such a pivotal one, such an important one. And like I said before, there's so many benefits to being single. There's so many um, advantages to being single. You can do so many wonderful things with your life for God. You can have such a great impact and you shouldn't be looking down on your life when you're single and only longing for that time when you're married, because that's not how God designed us to live. We're supposed to enjoy our lives. We're supposed to live it for him. We're in a relationship with him. Um, But it's also very important that we marry the right person, because if you marry the wrong person, like I've said in another episode about how it's so important who you marry, because it could either be someone who is a a benefit to you and your calling and vice versa. You're supposed to be living your calling together as a married couple. And so if you have a call of God on your life and then you marry someone who takes you in a different direction because, you know, maybe their call is different, you know, you got to marry someone who you're supposed to marry. Amen. (laughs) And so today I'm going to talk about the topic of love in general. And are you ready for true love? Are you ready for the love that God has designed for us? And because I know being single and maybe it's different for being a single woman, you know, us girls, you know, we long for, you know, the one to be married to that guy. And, you know, you watch these uh, romantic movies and it's like, oh, that's so nice and so sweet. And, you know, we, uh, there's something in us that God put in us, like, you know, to, to desire that. Um, but it's very important that we don't get love twisted in what it actually is, because love is not a feeling. Love is not just the mushy, gushy, ooey gooey, you know, side, like there are, it's a side effect, you know, you do have the feelings with love, but that's not what love is. Because when the feelings go away, what are you going to do? Are you going to give up? Are you going to be like, Oh, I'm not in love anymore. I don't feel like I love this person anymore. So it's good to get down in our hearts and in our spirits, what love is before we jump into a relationship Um, Because you know what? Both people bring their own stuff. And many times we bring our own selfishness on both sides. We got to make sure that we got to keep that in check in order to have a really good relationship. And like I said, you know, I'm not an expert on relationships. And but I have been observing many married couples and I've been observing how especially those who are on fire for God and who love God and put God first. I see that they love each other, that they serve each other, that they live their lives for God together. And that's how God designed it to be. And so I want to learn all that I can before I get married. I want to avoid all the pitfalls that I can. I want to learn from other people's mistakes. I want to learn from my own mistakes because I know I've made, I've been in just a couple of relationships myself and I've made mistakes and just learning how to, what true love is, learning what true love is before you get into a relationship. And the best place to learn that is the Bible. <laughs> and you know, it was so funny. I was thinking about doing this topic and I was like, I don't know, Laura. I was like, I don't know how much I can speak into this. And then I was doing my daily Bible reading. And then <laughs> of course my daily, daily Bible reading was 1 Corinthians 13. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's just do it. Cause 
if you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter in the Bible, and we're just going to dive into it, kind of dissect it a little bit. So I hope that you learn something from this. So let's just dive right in. 1 Corinthians 13, starting with verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And so we're going to kind of pick apart what each word actually means, but that is such a short passage of scripture, but there's so much to that, so much practice that we need to put into this that before we can become experts at love. So the very first one, love is, first one, patient. Love is patient. If you think about being in a, a relationship, you need to be patient with the other person because there's going to be things in their personality. There's going to be things that they do that might irritate you or you feel like they need to be stronger in a certain area. I know in many circumstances in couples, you know, the woman's really wanting the the man to be more spiritual or be more something or just to, or vice versa. Like you want your spouse to be doing something more or doing something better. And, but really there's love is patient. Love is patient with the person that you're in a relationship with. And I looked into the, um, the Greek meaning of patient, and it means to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. It says to be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. Because when anytime you're going to be in a relationship, there's going to be misunderstandings, there's going to be um, something that they might hurt you, but you need to be patient in bearing the offenses, be patient in the injuries of others, where you don't lash out, you don't force your own way, where you're like, you know what? And being patient means, you know, just, you may just need to shut your mouth and be quiet. Of course, there's times we need to communicate with each other and be open and honest, but just being patient and not pushing them to be something that they're not at the moment, but just be patient with them. And along with that, the next word is love is kind, patient and kind. And I looked up what it means in the Greek and it says to show oneself useful (laughs) and to act benevolently. And so to be kind, it's, it's an action, which I find very interesting because being kind is not just being nice. Um, It's showing oneself useful. It's, it's going out of your way to do something to benefit someone else. And just it's just an action you got to do something you got to be intentional with your love if love is kind you need to be intentional and in how can i do something to benefit the other person what can i do to make their life better what can i do to make their life easier All right next one love is not jealous or boastful or proud love does not compare love does not say look look where i am you need to be like this love is not proud love does not puff up its own self love is always Um, wanting to defer to the other person. Love is always wanting to lift up the other person and lift up their good side and lift up their their giftings and what God's done for them. And you're not going to be comparing. Don't compare yourself with them and try to measure up. In a relationship, that's just going to be deflating to the other person. You always need to build up the other person. Next one is love does not demand its own way. And every single human being on the planet needs to exercise this because, you know, if going unchecked, our flesh is very selfish and we want our own way. We want what we want. And when we have to do something that we don't want to do, 
you know, it will do anything to kind of get our own way. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this and let me maneuver it in order to get my own way. Because you see, like, even like with, as little kids, they're just naturally, they want what they want. They demand, if you have ever worked with toddlers or preschoolers, you know, when they want a toy, they'll grab it for someone else because that's what they want. They, they demand their own way, but they need to be taught that sharing is caring. <laughs> You know, so even even as adults, we need to remind ourselves and put into practice that we cannot demand our own way. And we always need to be thinking about how to bless other people. And especially in a real committed relationship, always be thinking about how can I bless the other person and not demand what I want. All right. And the next one is <laughs> this one right here. Love is not irritable. Love is not irritable. I feel like we should just read that over and over again. Love is not irritable. Love is not, meaning we're not touchy. Um, I looked up in the Greek, it says to make sharp or to provoke. And I'm sure if you're honest with yourself, you can say that you've been irritable at some point in your life, that you've encountered people who are irritable and it's not pleasant. It's very true. It's very sharp to make sharp. It's like, it can be painful. It's like, even for myself, when I find that I'm being irritable, it's like, I need to, I'm very, well, not all the time, but I try to take myself out of the situation. Like if I find myself irritable and I, I don't want to hurt other people with my sharpness. So I try to even go away to be alone, just to kind of gather my, my thoughts to pray, to bring it to the Lord. I'm like, okay, I realize that I'm being irritable. So I don't put it on the other person who I think is annoying or who's irritating me. I realized, okay, there's something in me that needs to change. Why am I getting irritable with this person doing this thing? Because I can't change that person. I can't change their behavior. I can talk with them, you know, if there's something that they're doing, you know, we can work something out. But generally, if you start getting irritable or touchy, it's really on you. It's like, okay, and you take it to the Lord and be like, okay, Lord, I submit myself to you. I don't want to be irritable with this person. I want to be patient I need to be patient with this person. I need to be kind. I need to, to show kindness to them. Even if it's I'm being bothered, it's not about me. Amen. Put, raise your hands in the air and say amen. Just, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> the next one is love keeps no record of being wronged. And I know for myself that, which is so, it's funny because if you've grown up in church, you've heard this passage of scripture all the time and you know that it's true. You shouldn't keep record of wrongs and you don't think that you do it. But it's, it's sad when you actually realize that, oh, wow, I do that um, just in past relationships. And, you know, when you're having an argument and you bring up something from the past to kind of um, put more weight to your point in the argument, which that's not right because you're hurting the other person. And you said that you forgave them for that thing. And so you, when you forgive someone for something, you, you need to erase it from the record. Just like God does for us. When he forgives us for our sins, he says that he forgets it. He says he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness and that he removes our sin from us as, uh, as far as the east is from the west. And we need to be like him. We need to be able to erase and forget wrongs that have been done to us, especially when we're in a relationship, especially in a marriage relationship. You can't just be digging up old dirt just to win an argument. You need to be able to erase it, forgive them, and move forward and you need to just ask the Lord for help. I know I'm, I'm going to ask the Lord for help, especially, you know, when I get into that marriage relationship, which I'm very excited about. I believe that marriage is God's idea, which I don't, it's the truth. God created the, the, um, the marriage concept and it's a, it's a good thing. God calls it good. 
Um, but it's up to us to make sure that we keep the love alive. And if this, if the Bible's describing love as this, we need to practice these things that the Bible tells us to do. So that's number five, keep no record of being, of, of wrongs, keep no record of wrongs. And number six, I'm going to group it together. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful. Never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful. You're always believing the best of someone else. You don't give up on them. Even when you feel like what they're doing is hurting you and you feel like you're trying to work it out, if they make a mistake again, you forgive them again and you give grace to them again. You don't give up on them because you know what? We need to imitate how God loves us. God never gives up on you. Whenever you make a mistake, does he throw you out? And you're like, oh, that was the 70th time you made that mistake. You're, this relationship's over. Like, no, you have to have grace for the other person. Don't give up on them. Love is strong in that way. That's, that's how I love the, the fierce love of God that we need to imitate. It never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful, always believing the best in the other person. And just like in the other characteristics of love, always being patient with them, being kind, continue to show acts of kindness to them, even when you feel like something's not working, or even if you're feeling irritable. And even if you feel like there's so many um, wrongs done towards you, you need to erase those wrongs and forgive them. You need to check up on yourself, make sure that you're not being irritable, make sure that you're showing acts of kindness, Maybe make sure that you're showing love to the other person. Love is a lot of work. <laughs> love is just not a feeling that you just magically find yourself in just because you find the right person. No, you have to put effort and intentional um, effort into that relationship. And again, I'm not claiming to be a relationship expert. I'm just I'm gleaning from what the Bible is telling us to do, and I want to learn as much as I can before I get into that committed relationship, which I'm excited about. And so, yeah, love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful. And then the last one is love endures through every circumstance. Love is such an incredible thing that God has for us. <laughs> God is love, and he designed us to be like him and to love like him. And so if this is what the Bible explains love to be, then that's what I want to strive after. By the grace of God, of course, it's by the Spirit. We can't do this in our own flesh and by our own ability. If you ask the Lord to help you, if you're struggling in one of these areas, just, you know what, maybe just highlight that in your personal life and say, God, I want to strengthen this area in my life. Maybe it's being patient. How patient are you with the people in your life right now? Because really, since, you know, if you're single and you're not in a committed relationship right now, how can you test these aspects of love in your life? I would say do it with people in your life, your family, your friends, your coworkers. Are you being patient with them? Are you being kind to them? Do you get jealous easily? Um, do you demand your own way? Like, no, this is what I want to do and you don't care if other people are hurt by it. Are you irritable? Do you keep record of wrongs? Do you give up easily? Do you lose faith in other people? Do you lose hope in other people? And are you able to endure through every circumstance? Because love can stand the test of time. Just like Paul said at the very end of this chapter, it says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love is so amazing. Love is, it overcomes obstacles and challenges. Love is putting the other person first. Love is self-sacrificing. And so that means love can be painful, painful to the flesh, really. Because if you even see Jesus is the epitome of love and he was beaten and killed for love, he did it out of his great love for us. It said that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. And that joy was you. That joy was me. He did it because of his great love for you. But one thing I do know, that love, it's worth it. It's worth the effort. It's worth 
the, the self-sacrificing. It's worth putting your flesh down because really that ultimately you become a better person <laughs> when you put your flesh down, when you um, take your selfishness and throw it away and be like, you know what? I'm putting this other person first, which can be, honestly, it can be annoying. It can be inconvenient. But when you show love to someone else, then they'll do the same thing for you. You know, just like that scripture says, we love God because he first loved us. Because of his great love, we responded to it. Love is such an amazing force. Like when you love someone unconditionally, then the response is to love the person back. And anything worth having is worth fighting for. I can't remember who said that, but I, I love it. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. And I believe love is worth it. Love and a committed relationship, especially in a marriage relationship, is totally worth it. And I, I see, like I said before, couples that are still in love, you know, and they're, they've been married for 30, 40, 50 years. And they, you can see that they're in love with each other, but, and you listen to their stories, like, yes, they've had to push through some things. Yes, they've gone through challenges, but you can see that it's worth it. It is worth it, especially when you're living and fulfilling the call of God on your life together. It's just an amazing thing. And so I hope this encourages you to start strengthening those areas in your own love walk. Be like, you know what? I'm going to be the best patient person. <laughs> I'm going to be the most kind. I'm going to make sure I don't become jealous or, and comparing myself to other people. I'm going to make sure that I don't demand my own way. That's a practice right there. Maybe sometimes when you're with a group of friends and say you're, I don't know, it's just something simple where you want to go get Thai food. I love Thai food. You want to go get Thai food, but your friend wants to get Mexican food. It's like, you know what? You know, defer to the other person. Just practice deferring to others and not demanding your own way. And all of this is such a blip. This is not a complete relationship <laughs> series, obviously. There's many different relationship scenarios, you know, so I'm not saying that if you were in a terrible relationship and you gave up, they did something wrong. I know because in the ministry, you see lots of different relationships and people are in very abusive relationships. So I'm not saying that you have to stay and endure through an abusive relationship. You follow the Holy Spirit on that. Um, if you're in a relationship where the other person is also trying, you know, that's different. So everything that I'm saying right now is just following the Holy Spirit. But just read 1 Corinthians 13 over and over again and imitate what it's telling us to do. I know my biggest thing, I'll probably, it's just learning how to be patient and learning not to be irritable and realizing that it's me. That's, it's me that needs to change, not the other person. That's always so beneficial in a relationship where you don't put it on the other person. You self-reflect and ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to change in myself to make this situation better? And that's how you continue to be a better person and be a stronger person. And God can use you even more and more. <laughs> the more that we get rid of our selfishness and the more that we look to God and love others, you know, the more that we can be used. Amen. So I hope this blesses you. I'm going to pray for all of you just to, and pray for my, I'm going to put myself in this prayer as well, just so that we can be better at being loving. So Lord, I thank you, God, that um, you put this in your word and knowing Lord, that we are able to do this by the help of your spirit and by your grace. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us to be more patient, to be kind, to not be jealous, to not demand our own way, to not be irritable, that we're not going to keep records of wrongs. We're not going to give up. We're not going to lose faith. We're going to be hopeful and we're going to endure through every circumstance. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to be great examples of what 
a true believer is in the kingdom of God. And Lord, I thank you that as we're preparing ourselves, when we do get married, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to train us all the way up until that point. And even I know that we're going to keep learning even when we do get married. But thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us, revealing things to us that we need to change, shining your light on our lives. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for we know that you love us and we want to love you more and more every single day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Another scripture I just want to leave you with is in the verse 8. It says, but love will last forever. Love will last forever. It's such an amazing gift from God. And so just continue to practice these aspects of love. And I know that God has great things in store for you. Amen. All right. I'll see you all later. Bye-bye.